Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us tonight for this week's Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, dating and relationship expert and founder of singleinthecity.ca, joined by my co-host, TV personality and philanthropist, Joan Kelly Walker. Hi. 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 And Merry Christmas, everyone. This is our last show before Christmas. It's Christmas is like approaching so quickly, don't you think, Joan? I, know. I, I just feel like it's been warp speed this year, even though we're all kind of locked down again. It was a bit of a panic to get everything done before we all are supposed to be staying home as much as possible. I know, time flies. I mean, where's time gone? We've been in uh, isolation now for, what, 10 months? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. Wow. Well, tonight we're going to be chatting more about what it means to be a successful woman and why high-achieving women can struggle to be as successful in love as they are in their careers. We're also going to talk about how dating works when you're a successful woman. For women in power, meeting new people and trying to date isn't always that easy. <laughs> Our guest tonight is, is someone that can definitely relate to this. We're being joined by Raj Gurn. She's a multi-award winning media and events entrepreneur, a confidence coach, number one best-selling author, entertainment personality, and founder of Anoki Magazine. With titles like this, it's safe to say that Raj has been in many situations where she's been the most successful person in the room. Well, thanks for joining us, Raj. How are you doing? And we're so excited to have you join us tonight. Well, thank you so much, Laura and Joan. What a lovely introduction. You make me sound more important than I than I see myself to be. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Well, listen, I am so thankful to be surrounded by women who are movers and shakers, doing amazing things right now. Being successful and making moves is always amazing. But, of course, it has its ups and downs. And for you, Raj, what is one of the biggest challenges that comes with being a successful female? To be honest, Laura, it's actually twofold. It's always been twofold for me um, throughout my 30-year entrepreneurial journey. Uh, first, as a woman, be you know always needing to be better than men in order to be considered as good as men, and then secondly, as a woman of color, always needing to be better than quote unquote white women to be considered as good as them. So you know this completely unrealistic and inequitable expectation that you know I strove for, and it, you know the only way that I could kind of see success to be in the early days was to kind of put, put myself into that expectation. And so I felt that in order for me to be able to live up to something like that, that I put on myself was to do something innovative in business, something that, you know, perhaps hasn't been done before, but also aligned perfectly with my core value system, uh, which was to never want to feel less than ever again. So I built a platform to showcase and create awareness for my identity as a product of two very different cultures, one being South Asian and the other being British. Very, very nice. Wow. Raj, you, you're, you shared so much there. I, I find it really interesting, the comment you made about, uh, you know, you feeling like you have to be more successful than men in order to be 
treated as like equal and same thing with white women um do you feel that that stereotype is coming down or do you feel like it the playing field is getting more level i think that um you know the more of us as women um that kind of come together collectively um you know and work together in the ecosystem of building each other up I feel that, that that whole idea of, you know, I am a BIPOC woman versus not a BIPOC woman, um, it, you know, those lines will continue to be blurred. Now, I'm talking about when I started 30 years ago, it was a different landscape. We lived in a different life. Um, mm-hmm. Today, with, you know, Me Too, with inclusivity mm. and diversity being something that's very much on the radar, and, you know, oftentimes... You know, my counterparts in entrepreneurship, women who aren't of color, for example, you know, never really realized that there was a difference. The difference came about more from the idea of when women of color started to rise up in the professional arena, you know, did this start to become something that was more prevalent and known? And, And I feel that we are very much working together as women a lot more cohesively than we ever did, just predicated on the fact that we know that this is something, um, you know, being of color or not of being of color, you know, is a thing that has been in the corporate world. And I'm not too sure if it's something that was created by women in general, or if it was just something that was another layer of challenge that women of color had to deal with in addition to the gender, um, you know, the gender gap that was obviously and def- there and is still there. And they're de- definitely conquering in that area. And how about for yourself, Joan? What is one of the biggest challenges that comes with being a successful female for yourself? Well, you know, I as soon as you asked that question, I was thinking, you know, right now everybody does everything online. So, you know, I've, I've been married for 20 years happily. So I'm not really, you know, I'm certainly not in a dating world. But right now when you meet someone new and you want to find out more about them, what's the first thing you do is you go online and you Google them. And like even if it's a friendship or a work relationship or something. So I think now for people that are dating with COVID more than ever, your online presence is your biggest voice right now mm-hmm. because people aren't meeting in person. And so same thing for me, like during COVID, I've gone out, I've, I've forged new paths, I've made changes to my business and, and to my brand and all kinds of things. But I know that people are out there looking at what's online for me. And, you know, so I think we've critically changed the way that we think about our uh, you know, it used to be you meet someone, it's a handshake, it's a smile, it's eye contact. And now that has changed dramatic, dramatically in the last 10 months, especially. So I think um, that's the challenge is really managing your online presence and making it really authentic to yourself. Wouldn't you agree, Raj? I absolutely 100% agree with that. I feel it's the only way you can be today. You have to be fully present and understand who you are as an identity, what you represent, and to be honest about that wherever you go. And especially now that we live in such a, you know, small ecosystem compared to, you know, pre-internet, pre-social media, I think it's even more important that we use those platforms to share who we are so that, that, you know, that gap of ignorance, and that goes both ways, you know, is completely eliminated. 
Now, mm-hmm. you've had uh, a real successful career, Raj, and you're constantly making moves. So what has your experience been trying to find love as a woman at the top of her game? Let's to be honest, that. Laura and Joan, after getting divorced from an arranged marriage that brought me to Canada, and it brought me to Canada against my will, and that's like a whole other show, the last thing <laughs> on my mind at that point was finding external love. Um, I was looking more, you know, from the perspective of trying to find how do I fall in love with myself? That was kind of what I was looking to accomplish. And I feel that, you know, knowing yourself and understanding what it is that you need on, you know, every level that you can identify yourself as a person, as an identity, has to be the first thing that you do before you can start understanding what you bring to the table and what your needs and wants and desires are when you then add in this whole other person. So, you know, that was something I started to do recently. Have you been single the entire time? So I've had, you know, I've had, I would say, more dating relationships rather than any kind of deep, um, meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. Having said that, if I'm going to be fully transparent, I, I have been in and I have been in an on-off relationship for probably 13 years with a particular individual, oh, which boy. now is no longer. So I'm, you know, I'm ready to get back in the market and I'm a very different woman today than I was you know, when I got into the market the first time after divorce. Right. And I think for myself, just uh, there's that extra layer of questions and judging that comes along with my position and job because of what I do, right? Because I'm a matchmaker. Uh, People always question that. Well, why are you trying to date when you're a matchmaker? Shouldn't you be trying to find a match for yourself? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I really struggle with telling people what I do when I first meet them because I don't know how they're going to react. Now, there's always a part of me that says, okay, uh, well, you know, they'll find out anyway, so I might as well tell them now. And then there's the part of me that thinks, well, let's just play it out. Let's, let, let, we'll tell them in a little while when they learn more about me and who I am and, my, and, you know, get to learn about my intentions before they start judging me. What would you ladies do if you were in my position as a dating relationship expert, matchmaker, host of the dating and relationship show. I'm curious. Well, let me ask you this, Laura, which one has been, like you said, you've tried telling them up front and you've tried just waiting for it to play out a little bit. How has that served you? I think waiting to play out has served me a little bit better. And I found sometimes when I do tell people right off, like they start Googling me and then they disappear. So I know that they're probably not the right guy, but sometimes I feel like I just need to work them in a little bit, (laughs) like to Mm -hmm. ease them into it, because it can be scary, right? They're dating, they're going to be dating someone who might be judging them on their dating. So it's kind of a scary thing. Well, I can see how that would be intimidating for a guy. I know. (laughs) I know. Raj, what do you think? You know, um, I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that you know, we come into, you know, relationships based on historical relationships we've had. And also, I know this is cliche, but it's just so true. Also based on the kind of women we've had who have brought us up, our mothers, our sisters, you know, people in our families. Um, and so I feel that kind of the foundational understanding of what a woman is for a man does really come from that. So when, you, when you're thrown into the mix of, 
this whole other kind of dynamic, I think oftentimes we we scare away because it's something we've not experienced before. I find that men say that to me a lot. So that's what I would say to you, Laura. I think that they come across, you know, like, you know, how can this woman be single if she's an expert in dating? Meanwhile, they don't understand. Right? right? Like, that's what, yes. you're, that's what you're getting out there. I, I feel that a lot of people don't, you know, actually understand the dynamics of the fact that it's not just you in a relationship. It's how you're perceived by the men that come into that relationship. When we come back, because we have to take a break, uh, we're going to talk about why guys are often intimidated by successful women, uh, why it's so hard for them to deal with this. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're tuned into Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker tonight and special guest Raj Gurn. She's a media and events entrepreneur, confidence coach, and founder of Anoki Magazine. We are exploring relationships and dating as a strong, successful woman. Now, when it comes to dating as a successful woman, it can be difficult to meet new people and guys are often intimidated by the success, especially if you're making more money than them. In my experience, um, well, we'll talk about that later, but why do you think that this is so hard for them to deal with? Who do we start with? Raj, we'll start with you. Oh, my gosh, that's such a loaded question. Um, I know, I think, but we have all day. <laughs> I think it's partly got to do with the way they were raised. I think the other part of this is kind of the... Um, pressure they put on themselves as, you know, what's expected of them as men. So I think this whole kind of idea of what is traditionally expected in gender roles, as well as, you know, how they were brought up. So if they were brought up by a very strong woman, they would probably be a lot more comfortable with a strong woman, a woman that's successful, um, because their role model has been that from the foundational, um, you know, early years. But if all of a sudden, you know, they're coming across a woman that has a lot of things that they feel are the value they bring into a relationship, I feel that that can be extremely disheartening for them. Um, and they're not really, I feel that men, generally speaking, and I'm not speaking on behalf of millennials and Gen X, because that's like a whole different ball game. But, you know, um, this generation and the generation of our parents have specifically been brought up and taught how to think about their role um, from a gender perspective related mm -hmm. to the value that they believe in. And when that value is, that perceived value is taken away, like a woman all of a sudden has all the things that, you know, he brings to the table, I think that can be a very, very intimidating place to be because what does he bring to the table then if not what he's been taught to think is what needs to come to the table as a man? Right. Yeah, well, if you think yeah. about it for... Yeah, sorry, Joan, do you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you know, I really think that gender roles are changing. You know, I... I haven't lived extensively in other countries or other cultures, so I, I can't comment on that. But I think here in Canada, I think they are. And, you know, for me, I have like older teenage boys. And, and for me, I wanted to really instill within their brain that moms are important and powerful and, you know, can do anything. I never wanted them to see me as a 
you know, not that there's anything wrong with staying at home, but I still wanted them to know that I feel like I'm contributing in every possible way. So I think that's, you know, a good catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that also comes down to like, how do I see myself and and how do I love myself and and how do they see me honoring myself? So I think it all kind of comes around. And then there's also how you divide roles in a relationship. That's that also, I think, is changing all those traditional things now. You know, both people are working. How do they divide the housework? If they're both working and the wife still has to do all the housework, like that's not fair. So I think people are looking at it, um, you know, taking a step back and being more practical about role division in, you know, household things. Yeah. And for eons, right, men, like they ran the show. And they've always been bombarded with messages like on TV, on radio, and magazines that men are supposed to be the providers. Men mm-hmm. have to make the money. They find their identity by making lots of it. And, and so it's not really their fault if you think about it. And this is what has been drilled because this is what's been drilled into their brains at a very young age. Now, mm-hmm. how do you let them know that it's not a big deal? And, and what advice I can give on this is that you can, you can do this by devaluing money and placing the priority and emphasis on your relationship and your core shared values and character traits. So we value things. We value our luxury items. But if you think about it, right, like we can't take those things with us when we, when we pass. What really matters is how you treat one another, your experiences, who you surround yourself with, the, the commitment that you have towards each other. What you want to do is lower the value that you have on money and the stuff, you know, like the stuff that doesn't really matter uh, in the grand scheme of things and place the value on who he is as a person and how he treats you. And then suddenly money will lose its, its power. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I mean, think about it. Think about what we value. Like the three of us having this conversation is something that we value and our listeners value that because it's women supporting women. It's women uh, sharing with each other. And I think, you know, a few generations ago, this may not have happened. This conversation on the radio probably would not have happened. So I think those types of values are also changing. And I think that's really important and really powerful. Right. This is a very powerful conversation tonight, ladies. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've heard the phrase, strong women only intimidate weak men, thrown around a lot, right? We've all heard it. What do you both think it is about successful women that intimidates men? Garage, we'll start with you. You know, I think that's partly true. Um, I think it depends on the intention a man has for entering a relationship. I mean, Some men love the idea of a woman being the boss because perhaps they grew up in a household where, you know, they had strong women or they didn't. So they either want it or they don't want it, right? And I also feel it also depends on their experience and their intention with their role in that relationship. I mean, from my perspective, I've experienced both types of relationships, the ones that, you know, where men want to control the relationship and also the ones where they want the control to be with me. So I feel that if we can remove this concept, this idea of controlling a relationship and talk more about nurturing a relationship, I think that the mind shift will make for a much more healthier environment for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I but I find women tend like strong women. We we tend to attract weaker men, but but we get bored in that relationship because we really why why are you attracting weaker men? I'm not saying me, but I'm just saying in general, yeah. strong women do because um, strong men can't typically handle strong women. Like, I mean, successful women, okay, have this tendency to approach their dates and relationships with masculine energy, meaning that they apply what they learn at work to be forceful and in control uh, to, in their dating lives. And we feel like we, we have to work hard for love. And, and that's the same psychology that we apply in business, that if you, if you work hard, you, you get success, right? But in their love lives, women need to learn to lead with their feminine energy, which is, and some people might be shaming me right now, but I mean, this is what I've found and what's worked for me. Um, so, you know, women should, well, not that they have to, but they can learn to lead with their feminine energy, which is essentially realizing that you are loved for who you are, not for what you do, and allow yourself to sit back, relax, and trust the process. We need to leave our work at work and not bring it on dates or at home with our partners, and that's what happens a lot, right? So guys aren't looking for the boss that's at work. Like, leave that at work. Don't come home and be bossy. We don't want to be bossed around. I have to know. About that. Um, see, I'm the opposite. My experience has been that, you know, when men look at me, and like you said, I'm off the top, Joan, um, they'll go and they'll Google you and they'll see who they think you are. Mm-hmm. And they expect you to be that person when they meet you, and I'm not that person when you meet me in my personal realm because I'm very clear exactly. as to my public role and, you know, who I am in the professional arena which oftentimes is very different from the woman that I am behind the scenes. So they'll come into a date with me and they'll be surprised to meet a woman that isn't the woman they see when they Google her. Um, So I have the opposite that happens with me and it happens to me a lot. Um, I am very vulnerable and very feminine and very um, expressive um, and a lot more gentle than I am perceived to be in my leadership role. And, you know, so I attract men who go and Google me and then they meet this woman that isn't her. So, but are yeah, they I, disappointed or are they thinking like, wow, this is a whole other thing? No, they're happy person. about it. I find, you know, a lot of my, you know, my counterparts, a lot of women who are in my circle also find that because I, you know, a lot of my inner circle are very strong leadership type women. Um, some of them are single and they also talk about the same thing that men, you know, are surprised to see that they're not the the big, you know, personality that they see in the public arena and maybe they're disappointed or confused by the woman I they I don't meet. think they, w- they would be disappointed. No, I um, think, I mean, we've experienced it. We've talked about this. There are some men that do feel that. But, you know, what's interesting is, is that then when you are the other woman, sometimes they're intimidated by it. So I feel that what we do as women is we, we, we are so reactive. It's almost like a tennis match that, you know, when the ball comes into our court, we feel we need to react to that ball as opposed to, you know, being who we need to be and, uh, and allowing that energy to kind of manifest and, you know, go out there in the, in the world. Like, you know, it's a reactive energy, I think, that is the biggest problem 
with women who have multiple facets of who they are because we live in a, a world where we all are multi-hyphenates. We do multiple things. So there's multiple different characteristics that come out at any given moment. You're not always constantly the same person. I think, you know, a lot of women go around and they don't acknowledge their male and female energy. And so they don't give it thought, thinking, okay, I'm going into this date and no, I'm no. not. I'm consciously going into my female energy. I, I find when I'm, you know, on a date with my husband and, you know, years ago when I used to date, I loved going into that zone of myself because I felt so feminine. And so like it was it was just a, a, a different place for me to be. And, you know, so I think if you're going into your female energy, that has to be your true self. Like you can't just manipulate yourself like that and you can't manipulate whoever you're meeting like you have to be honest with you know where you're at one one of the things that i did a lot was uh and it probably i probably did it this year and i think i pushed somebody away and and just uh, this show has helped me realize what i did so we try, sometimes we try to fix a man's issues right uh, yeah. and i don't know how many men i've pushed away because of it i tried to f- fix them or their issues and I, I always come from a soft and loving and genuine place, and I don't mean any harm, but the message that I'm sending the guy is that, you know, I don't trust or respect him, and that he's, and I make him feel less of a man. Um, And you can't really help someone unless they want the help and ask for it. We need to support our partners and allow them to make their own mistakes on their own. And another way that women intimidate men is is with their independence. A lot of men have egos, and and oftentimes a woman is so independent that she doesn't look for ways to be supported by her partner. So maybe sometimes find ways to lean on them, depend on them, and learn from them. You know, make them feel needed. How do you guys feel about that? Mm -hmm. Well, that comes down to your roles again. Like, how do you define those roles? Like if somebody's better at or enjoys doing a certain task, then let them do it. Or if somebody's like smarter at finances, they should be in charge of the finances. Yeah, but strong women, we tend to go, well, I got this. I don't need you for anything. I mean, when I was younger, I used to do that. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. They got to a point was like, you know what? Yeah, right. You don't need me. See, I'm I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need me. Bye. It didn't. It didn't. Well, this is a great conversation we're having today. When we come back, we are going to learn about the advantages to being in a successful or in a relationship with a successful woman. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker tonight. And our special guest is Raj Gurn. She's a media and events entrepreneur, a confidence coach, and founder of Enoki Magazine. And we're talking about um, why high-achieving women can struggle to be as successful in love as they are in their careers. Welcome back to the show, ladies. Thanks. So, you know, we've been talking about how how it might be intimidating for a man to be with a successful woman. But, of course, while that can be intimidating for some men, it can also be the complete opposite. There's a lot of advantages to being with a woman who's successful and that I wish more guys could see that. Raj, from your perspective as a successful woman, what are some of the advantages to being in a relationship with a successful woman? How much time we got, ladies? 
We've got an entire segment. Eight minutes. Go. <laughs> okay. So um, I feel, first of all, it takes kind of the pressure off the man needing to be kind of the breadwinner, you know, um, the pressure of, you know, being the one that's mm, you know, good one. home the bacon. I think that, you know, when you take off the pressure of money in a relationship and you're able to kind of lean into the fact that, you know, especially at my age, um, you know, hopefully you've kind of figured out what your professional you know, arena is, and you've got some semblance of success that you're comfortable with, and you're able to make it about the relationship with each other and what you bring to the table through all of the experiences you've had. And, and I'm, I, I'm a real kind of proponent of that. I really look to date men who have had experiences that perhaps haven't been the same as mine, because I feel those are the kinds of things that help you kind of, you know, kick off that initial conversation where you're able to kind of really share insights into life's experiences that perhaps you haven't had. And I, I feel that helps with the compatibility piece and helps to kind of diminish this thing that we do to ourselves in relationships, that word that we call expectation. So that Raj, kind of, can you really be that picky? Um, I mean, I, it's so hard to meet someone right now. Like, I wouldn't say picky, I'd say specific. I think you I have, have to be specific. I, I think that it's because the environment of this year where we've been shut off. So, you know, we have this feeling of, um, you know, how do we meet someone? But don't you think that men are also feeling the same way? It's not just one-sided. Oh, for you know, sure. Men are all feeling, um, you know, it being a difficult way to meet each other. But, you know, thank God for, you know, online dating apps. Thank God for matchmaking services. Thank God for having a circle of friends and family who know you well, hopefully, that they can potentially introduce you to people. So that first initial getting used to each other and figuring out a little bit about each other isn't where the focus is. And you can focus more on some of the things that you've experienced in life and share that with each other. I think those kinds of things make things a lot easier, um, you know, especially in today's times to be able to move forward. We didn't have a lot of these different ways to meet people back in the day pre-internet that we have today. So uh, I, I think it's a great way to be able to sift through without having to put my makeup on and take time out of my life to go and find out things that I can see in their profile and I can pick and choose who I can go out and want to actually get to know. And same with the men, I would expect them to do that too. Like take the time to actually read my profile and see some of the things that I say I am as a woman so that when we meet, that we have some semblance of understanding that, we're, that we could potentially be compatible. I th- yeah, I think more men are doing that now, actually. They weren't in the past, but I, I'm finding they are now. They've actually, they'll take the time. I think they're doing a lot of reading on the Internet. <laughs> they're taking the time to actually look at your profile and and read what's in there, whereas before they wouldn't. They just base everything on a photo. I mean, that isn't the initial attraction, but it's not everything, right? Right. I think and it's then awesome. we also have people that, that lie or embellish oh, yes. photos from so long ago. Like that's got to be really hard to sift through all that and disappointing when you go through all that and you finally meet the person and it's not, it's not transparent at all. Hop on you a know, video call. I have a funny story with that actually, because, you know, I, you know, I, I met a man this way um, on one of the dating apps and we agreed to meet each other somewhere. 
and for the life of me, I you know I couldn't recognize who he was because he completely did not look like the guy. Oh no! <laughs> oh my goodness! I ended up leaving because I couldn't recognize him, and then I got a text message saying, you know, where are you? I'm here. I've been here for the last half an hour. And then that immediately told me, okay, I need to make an excuse because if I didn't recognize him, then I'm going to walk in there and he's not going to be the same person. And, and it's just a photo if something is lying on, which is so obvious. Then what else am I going to have to deal with? And I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't do that, but, you know, it's human nature. If you, can't, if you caught in a lie initially, then you feel that the person is not genuine. And you're going exactly. to kind of protect yourself and walk away from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then yeah. but then they start calling you back, oh, give me another chance. Like it's kinda of like one yeah. straight route. They don't really do that when they've not when they haven't quite met you on a dating app. They don't really do that. Yeah. Haven't, you haven't really invested any time together, so mm, they don't do that mm-hmm. anymore. They guess it's like they'll they'll just go on and meet five other women or 10 other women or whatever. I think some other advantages of dating a successful woman is that a successful woman is independent. She understands when you need to work over time, when you need time for yourself or time to be with your friends. She's not always dependent on you and doesn't need you to entertain her or validate her all the time. She's got mm-hmm. her own career, her own money, her own friends. Um, and when you come together, you, you just you have so much more to share, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also it's a turn on for the man, too. Like, oh, yes, for sure. To be with you and to talk about you and to share what you're doing with his friends. Like that's right one of the guy. nicest things about my husband is he's very kind. Even if, you know, he I, I'm within earshot, but he doesn't realize I'm listening. When he talks about me, it's really nice. And he, Aww. you know, sometimes I think he's not listening, but he's actually sharing with a friend, like, something that I'm doing. And that's really thoughtful and really sweet. And, you know, so I think that's one of his advantages. And and also, like, you think, like, you have more money when you pull it together, and yeah. also, an independent woman will generally encourage you and support your career. And she's smart, and she might also be able to help you brainstorm for your own work projects. Well, we have advice for strong, successful women looking for a partner after the break. Don't go anywhere. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with co host Joan Kelly Walker tonight. So, we are exploring relationships and dating as a strong, successful woman. We're having such a great conversation here. It can be difficult to find someone to connect with when you're in a powerful position. It can be tough to connect with someone that doesn't understand your work ethic and time um, is another big factor. When you're successful and running a business, you don't necessarily have the time or energy to put into dating and meeting new people. What advice, Raj, would you give other strong women looking for a partner, if any? I think that the first and foremost, most important one is to um, actually allow yourself to be open-minded and also to be transparent from the get-go. I feel oftentimes, you know, we just build up this kind of image of who we feel we need to be when we meet someone new instead of being truly in the flow of, you know, being who you are. I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing is that, you know, know your narrative. 
and let everyone know out there who you trust that you're looking to go into a relationship. Like, don't put all the pressure on yourself. I find that people who know you are better at finding someone for you to meet, initially speaking, than you would be yourself because we get in our own way, you know, like with our lists and our checklists and our expectations and our own insecurities, and we all have them irrespective of how successful we are. So it's really nice sometimes just to have people who know you um, that, you know, can step in and maybe introduce you to someone that could be the right fit for you that you ordinarily may not even think about dating. And then the final thing, I feel that you've got to be really open to the idea that, you know, there are online dating apps, there are professional matchmaking services, there are other ways of dating someone than the romanticized idea of going grocery shopping and bumping into the love of your life. Well, first of all, let me start off by saying that there is someone out there for you and that you need to find a man who's going to support your success. But keep in mind that these men may have lower incomes and lower status. You know what Raj was saying, like about expectations. Um, and to some women, this may sound like they're settling, but this isn't settling. Settling is when you lower your standards and put your needs second. Finding a guy who's going to support your success is about putting your needs first. If you want to continue being successful in your career, you need to find a partner that will help you achieve um, that by supporting you and helping you out where you need it. And I know a lot of women that have an issue being in a relationship with a man that doesn't make as much money as them. But be realistic about it. I mean, I had this lady inquire about my matchmaking services, and she told me she made half a million dollars a year, so the guy that she was looking for had to make a million dollars a year, okay? It's like, I'm like, okay, so... Uh, Donald Trump Jr. doesn't live in Canada. <laughs> like, where am I going to find you a man that makes a million dollars a year? I mean, these are really unrealistic expectations. So again, make the focus about how they treat you rather than the amount of money that they make. And don't disqualify yourself when it comes to finding love. Don't let anyone shame you for who you are. You don't want to make yourself feel small to make them feel big. And Connection is what really matters the most on a date. If you, like, go on a date with an agenda to impress or show off, you know, what a great catch you are, then you're not going to connect. And connection is what really matters the most. So what makes a, a date great is enjoying each other um, so that he can enjoy you more. And the more that you enjoy him, he's going to enjoy you. Mm-hmm. And that might sense. So, you know, what else I would add to that is don't let others shame you for who you're dating. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. But sometimes, Joan, if you have like several people, you know, looking out for you and going, that guy's not for you. I mean, generally, there's a reason for it. So, yeah. But if it's like, well, that person doesn't make a million dollars a year, you know, like that, like you have to make sure that they've got the right criteria to kind of base it on. Um, And the other advice that I would have would be like, stop the urgency. Like if you're like, like urgent and frantic trying to find someone, it's not going to serve you at all. So at a certain point, you have to just let things kind of flow and evolve. Very good point, Joan. Yes, thank you. And the other thing, I know we're running out of time, but I want to talk about the fact that in Canada, we live in a very multicultural society. Mm -hmm. So Raj, this question from you or for you. what about if you meet someone who comes from a different cultural background than your own and you have conflicting viewpoints or morals on certain things? How 
Are you respectful of each other's cultures? How do you do that? And how can you be more accepting? That's such a great question, Joan. Uh, For me, intolerance on any level is a deal breaker. Um, Respect is everything for me, and respect requires an open mind, knowledge, discussion, and understanding. So it's, you know, I know this is kind of my professional, you know, my professional way of looking at things, but I truly believe that in this particular instance, that all is really important. Like anything worth having in life, I feel a person needs to do the work to learn to be intuitively tolerant. And um, I feel from my perspective, this requires deep knowledge of self, because without knowing yourself, ladies, uh, our relationships with others end up being caught up in all of the peripheral stuff that doesn't really matter, the stuff that you guys have been talking about, and that we've been talking about, and that, you know, successful women get caught up in. I'm just wired to the frequency of, you know, believing in the thought that if you don't know something, that you have an opinion on it. I feel that if you're you know, coming across different cultures in relationships, at the work environment, um, it's important for you to educate yourself and to really understand who they are because that's what you'd want for yourself. Well, that ends our show, ladies. Thank you so much, Raj, for joining us tonight, and Joan, uh, likewise. Um, Where can people learn more about you, Raj? They can go check out my website, rajgurn.com. Everything about who I am is fully transparent right there. And Joan? I'm at joankellywalker.com or on Instagram, joankellywalkerofficial. And you can follow me, Official Lord Blot, on Instagram or the Dating and Relationship Show on Instagram or my website, singleinthecity.ca. Have a safe and Merry Christmas, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. Ciao.